Make sure to check out our Sunday School video for this week. It's on love. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before his glorious presence to God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory and power both now and forevermore Christmas Day just being a few days away later this week, I think it's very fitting for us to to look at the story about the, the birth of Jesus because after all, the world around us tends to be a little bit more aware of Jesus's birth at this time. So shouldn't we be as well? Doesn't it just make sense for us to review that story, to remind one another of how great of an event that was? Now, as far as the Gospels go, really only Matthew and Luke talk about the birth of Jesus in any way. And it's kind of interesting because in Luke, that's where you get the story about the shepherds, but we don't get anything about the star or about the wise men. Well, in Matthew's account, we get things about the star and the wise men, but we don't get anything about the shepherds. So it's just kind of interesting how they both talk about some of those same types of events but they do so at different times and, and even from slightly different perspectives. So the other video for today, uh, that 
um, looks at Matthew's account. So in this video, what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at Luke's account, and we're going to see what I've, I've borrowed a phrase from there that I think is so important, and that's glory to God. That's actually what the angels proclaim, but this time of year, it's so, so wonderful to just take some time and to recognize how great of a thing it was that Jesus Christ was actually born, that he became a human being and he dwelt among us. Let's read from Luke's gospel, this birth of Jesus. Now we start off with some, some introductory things, and this is really fascinating if you wanna to try to figure out um, when exactly Jesus was, was born. I'm just gonna read the first three verses right here of Luke chapter two. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. Okay, so now this is this sets the stage for what's going on. There's a census that's going to take place. Everyone is going to their own town to register. But now there's more. Verses four through seven. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Verses 8 through 12. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. I mean, isn't this wonderful? Could you imagine the excitement that the shepherds would be experiencing right here whenever this, this angel is speaking and telling this good news? And, and of course, they probably have already started to recognize that some of these passages of, of the prophets that were prophesied hundreds of years before are being fulfilled in their midst. Now, I don't know how much of that they really realize. Let's face it. They have an angel who's standing right in front of them proclaiming all this. It's a lot to take in. But eventually, I'm sure the shepherds started to process this and they realized this was a fulfillment of these prophecies. And uh, even what the, the uh, angel says in verse 11, the Messiah has come. This is the Messiah. So they are getting this inside information, these shepherds, that really we don't even have their names or hardly anything else about them except they're shepherds. But they are the ones who get this good news that this Messiah has been born. Verses 13 through 15, as if one angel proclaiming the message wasn't enough, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. This passage right here, you know, not only is it one angel at that time, you know, try to just take in what it would be like to experience this message uh, being proclaimed from the mouth of one angel, but then you see this great company of this heavenly host, these all of these angels, they're appearing with that angel. They're all praising God and they're all saying, what are they saying? I think this is so important to the story because they are saying glory to God 
but even more than that, this, this glory to God is to be done throughout the entire universe. Glory to God in the highest heaven. But then it's not just glory to God in the highest heaven and, and up there. It's just something that, that takes place up in, the, in the, the heavens. But it also is, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, this glory to God is to be, is to be proclaimed in heaven above, on earth below, everywhere in between. You know, if, if, if the angels, I guess, were speaking today, it would might uh, maybe have some type of language throughout the entire universe. Glory to God. That's this message. So, of course, the shepherds, uh, after receiving this news, they want to find out everything that has been told to them. And they do. Verses 16 through 21 now. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. So this passage right here, I know that last verse, it talks about something that really we didn't even deal with in, in this lesson. We didn't back up that much uh, into to Luke's gospel and, and see the uh, announcement that Jesus is going to be born, that announcement that was given to Mary, that announcement that was given to, to Joseph as well. We, we didn't look at those things, but it is hinted here in verse 21. Uh, the angel is the one that gave the name Jesus that was going to be given to uh, to this child. And here in verses 16 through 20, though, we see the shepherds and we see that they didn't keep this news to themselves. That's why the shepherds were the ones that were were told this news is because they weren't going to keep it to themselves. They were going to spread the news everywhere. And that's what they did. In verse 20, I love it because it, it tells us that whenever they did return, they were constantly glorifying. They were constantly praising God for all these things that they'd heard and they'd seen, which were just as they had been told. They knew that they were going to see those things, uh, just like the angels had told them. But then they saw them. They couldn't help but glorify and couldn't help but praise God. They couldn't help but spread the news. I hope that we can find ways to be able to, to do the same types of things. That whenever we realize how great of a news this is, that Jesus was born, or even the, the things that Jesus went on to do later. I hope that we can find ways in which to still be able to glorify and to praise God for all these great things that he has done. And in this passage right here in Luke's gospel, I think it is very fitting that on that very night that Jesus was born, it would be shepherds who would be the ones coming to him. After all, shepherds uh, play such a prominent role throughout both the Old Testament and in the New Testament here. You know, many of the great leaders uh, like Moses and also, well, even Abraham and some of his descendants, uh, as well as King David, they were all connected with being shepherds. You know, all of this is, is, is very fitting that shepherds would get this information, this insider information and be able to spread the news in the New Testament. But, you know, even God himself has been connected to a shepherd. He is viewed as our shepherd. And there's something about Jesus Christ also, because Jesus, he himself is referred to as our shepherd. We're going to look at a passage that, that talks about that later on. But, you know, also connected with Jesus 
He is our lamb. You know, that's the message that John the Baptist proclaimed. Do you remember that? Early on, whenever whenever John the Baptist sets foot onto the scene, one of the things that he says that's recorded in John's gospel is this. In John chapter 1, verses 29 through 31, the next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. See, John the Baptist, he recognized that Jesus is this Lamb of God. He is God's Lamb who has come, and the reason is to take away the sin of the world. It's a beautiful image that, that even Jesus himself would be described as this, this Lamb. And we see, and, and we have even received this great blessing about Jesus taking away our sin. That's why John came, to proclaim this message so that he could be revealed to Israel. John's not the only one who recognized this, and he's not the only one who proclaims this, even in the Bible. Paul also talked about Jesus as our lamb. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, we read there in verse 7 that Paul says, For Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Now, Jesus, he's not only our Passover lamb. He most certainly is God's lamb. He's our Passover lamb, but he is also our shepherd as I mentioned before. And, you know, we're used to uh, Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. But Jesus himself is also called a shepherd. In fact, he called himself the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. So see, whether we see passages that talk about Jesus being that lamb or Jesus being the shepherd, all of it comes down to the sacrifice that he gave for us so that we can have forgiveness of sins. So even that original message that was proclaimed whenever that baby was born and the shepherds were given that news and back at the beginning of, of Luke's gospel, all of it is pointing toward the sacrifice. All of this is pointing toward the Messiah, our Messiah, our King of Kings, who is this good shepherd. He is our lamb and he has been sacrificed so that we can receive forgiveness of sins. In the book of Hebrews, I believe this is one of the, the best passages that kind of ties it all together for us. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and 21, the Hebrew writer in, in, in the last chapter of, of his book, he writes this. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The Hebrew writer summarizes all of this. And we see all these connections about Jesus being our lamb, but how he's also our great shepherd of the sheep. Jesus has given us everything that we need in order to follow him. That's, that's kind of what this, this prayer is. That this great shepherd would equip us, as verse 21 says, equip us uh, with everything good for doing his will. Jesus has already given us everything that we need in order to follow him. And for that, we need to be able to say with the, the words of that, that angel, glory to God everywhere over the entire universe. That glory to God message was announced to shepherds. That glory to God message needs to be proclaimed even today. That message that was announced to the shepherds was that our good shepherd has truly given us all that we need in order to follow him. He's given us so many great and wonderful and perfect gifts. Let us help one another today follow him who is our true shepherd.
Jesus Christ. We want you back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Lost like a sheep that went astray. Or a son who dared to roam. Come Come back to the faith. Come Come back to your God. Come Come back to the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back, we want you back, we want the coin back in its mold. Oh, please don't stay there in the world, for it's temporary joys. Come back to the faith, come back to your God, come back to the fold. We want you back, we want you back. We want the sheep back in the fold. We want you back. We want you back. We want the coin back in its mold. Though you have wandered far away, you can come back to your home. Come back to the faith. Come back to your God. Come back to the fold.